right. Welcome back to the expert series on Aligned with Purpose in Life and Leadership. And Jessica Yarbrough, thank you so much for being here. I just can't wait for this conversation. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jamie. So you specialize in helping coaches and consultants sell ultra high ticket packages. And I know right now, like the coaching industry is freaking booming. It's on fire. So I would love to hear like a bit of your journey getting into this line of work. Like, were you always a coach and virtually or like, what is your story? Yeah, well, my, it's a great question. I have a really unique journey. I feel like um, my background was in business. I started managing companies really young. I built a, I even consulted in my early twenties. I built a startup company here in San Diego and then I got burnt out and I had a spiritual awakening and I spent about four years traveling, backpacking the world, having a eat, pray, love journey. Lived in a lot in Asia and, and Central America. And, you know, I really was like, I'm done with the business world. I became a yoga teacher. I'm like, I'm out. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and was like, oh, okay, great. Need to focus and lean back on my strengths. And at this point, I'd have experienced so much freedom that there was no way I could have gone back and gotten a regular job and been fulfilled. And so I started my business from the ground up as a single mom. It was literally at ground zero. And I started taking on kind of done for you clients, doing back-end marketing campaigns, But in my heart, you know, I'm a teacher. I've always been a teacher. That's why I even taught yoga. I miss that aspect of seeing the transformation versus kind of making, doing things for people. And they say, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, feed him for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that really drew me into, okay, how can I take my knowledge and how can I structure it in a way that is a very clear blueprint for people that are not marketers, that this is not their strength to follow and to be able to scale their company. And I, I, you know, I went from zero to a seven figure business. It was a really long, hard journey. And today I help a lot of people who uh, have a background in business. Maybe they've worked a corporate job, a lot of senior directors, former VPs, even C-suite. And I help them translate that into really successful high-end coaching and consulting companies. Amazing. What do you feel like was the hardest challenge for you to overcome on that journey of zero to seven figures in your business? (laughs) Well, I say that there's different, they say what, new level, new devil. Um, There's definitely CEO growing pains that you experience at different levels. um, And each one is really unique um, in terms of the problems that you're facing. And I feel like the hardest journey to make in the beginning is internal and it is around your self-worth. You know, even my clients who have decades of experience, they're often severely undercharging. And that is because of two things. One, there is a lack of awareness of what the market is willing to pay. So they don't even know that they could be charging two to four times more. I've had clients end up charging 10 times more, but typically it's double or quadruple. And then the other thing is there's some measure of imposter syndrome. Like I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. So that self-worth piece is really holds a lot of people back. So that would be the biggest breakthrough. Other breakthroughs come around systems and team and boundaries and discernment and all of these things that are part of scaling, <laughs> scaling up yourself as a CEO and your company. Okay. So then people come to you, they're not charging enough. They start charging yes. more prices. I want to get into like the positioning because that is so important in the online space of like, if you're going to be charging 50 grand for a program, 150, 200 grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to look the part. I mean, yes. you've got to show that you've put time, effort, and energy into building your, your presence. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would love to hear more about that. Like, where do you start? Yes. And yeah, let's start there. 
Well, a lot of people are caught, uh, come to me in two ways. Um, they're either caught in the trap of the generalist or stagnant at specialization, meaning they're either jack of all trades, master, jack or jill of all trades, master of none, trying to be everything to everyone and compete with the big gurus who have massive teams and six figures a month they're spending on ads um, and they can't get ahead or they're kind of caught in this specialist category. They may have a solid referral-based business. Uh, they haven't really built a loyal following of next level clients. Like they've started to create some credibility, you know, but it's not widespread. And so where they're coming to me is how do I elevate myself into that expert level? Because the expert level is where you get seven figure gains. And so we work with clients in both of those uh, paths to get them to the next step. So I, I teach a concept called the ladder of influence. And there are four levels of influence. Again, the generalists are at the bottom. Next comes specialization and people often become stagnant there. Scaling is expert authority. And then thought leader is the final level. And I don't play in that space. That is the eight figure level. And for my clients who value time freedom, that is not in alignment with building an eight figure business. So if that's where you want to go, the magic ingredient, number one is time. You got to do this for a really long time and do it well uh, over a decade of consistent authority. And then you need to be willing to do whatever it takes and sacrifice a lot to have an eight figure business. So where my clients are is they want to make several million a year and they want to work minimal amount of hours and have time freedom and still make an impact with the clients that they do serve. Yeah, So they can travel and do their RV. And exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And honestly, like, yeah, right before we got on here, you were speaking about, yeah, when I go travel, I like to just shut it off. I like to yep. be with my family, be with nature. And I love that. And so you're, you're a living example of what you're helping your clients do, which I think is so valuable and important. And just, well, I'm just happy to hear that you've done this for yourself and others now. Well, thank you. And I think it's really important when choosing a mentor, people are always like, how do you choose the right coach? You choose someone that shares your values and is embodying the life that you want to live. So if your guru is Grant Cardone or Gary Vee, just know that like they don't go to the bathroom without having their phone with them. You know, these guys are pulling, they wear their 80 hour, 100 hour work weeks like a badge of honor. If that's not what you want, then those are not your gurus. That's not your teacher. So it's really important that you're aligning with someone who shares your values around family. For me, a very important around health. You know, if I, I'm not going to hire a coach who doesn't even like is present for their children. That's not a shared value for me. So make sure that you aren't chasing money for the sake of money or for image or for fame or something if that's not in alignment with your own values and what you really want to achieve because it's not going to bring you happiness. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yes. I completely agree. And then when it comes to positioning online, like what are the main angles that you take? Like what do you look at? Okay, when you're looking at someone who just joined yeah. and how you can up-level their positioning online. Well, I'll say that 90% of coaches and consultants are, that are stuck have a communication problem. Like they mm -hmm. fundamentally cannot communicate effectively what they do. And again, a lot of them have gotten where they've gotten because they're they're good at what they do, not communicating what they do, but they're good at actual client delivery. So they've gotten clients, then they got referrals from it, but there's no sustainability, predictability or scalability. And there's not any awareness of who they are outside of their very intimate personal 
Rolodex. And so one of the big things that we tackle is how do they communicate their value? How do they deeply and powerfully and concisely articulate their ideal client's pain points? I say this valley of pain that they're sitting in and what is that mountain of possibility that they want to achieve? And what is their methodology? What is their their blueprint for taking them there? And they become the Sherpa, you know, that's going to deliver you to that promised land and and your solution becomes the blueprint. That whole communication piece is key. We can't even touch positioning until we get the communication down. Mm -hmm. And once we have the communication down, then we can say, okay, what sets you apart? What is your value proposition? What makes you different than your competition? Why are you the best person to solve this problem for your ideal clients? Yeah, that's huge. That's so important. Yeah. And especially with so much noise in the Mm -hmm. online space, it's really important to be clear. So people know immediately how you can help them or else they're just going to, they're going to keep going. You're going to scroll. And that's the thing. It's like the name of the game is being relevant, right? And we are Mm -hmm. competing with, you know, I always say Leo Leonardo DiCaprio memes and funny cat videos. And like we're, we're competing with entertainment and that's a big thing. And then I also feel like, especially for my clients who market to businesses as they start to get really generic and boring, right? Mm -hmm. And because that they come from a structured world, they come from the corporate world. And unfortunately, that stuff, it just, it doesn't capture attention. You start to drown in a sea of of sameness. You sound like every other blank, you know, certified coach or executive coach or leadership coach. So it's very important that you have someone that can help you find your voice. And that way your content and what you put out there is compelling and gets people to slow their scroll. Yeah, that's huge. What else could weaken your positioning online? So you mentioned like boring content or, you know, yes. not stopping the scroll. Like what else? Yes. Weak, weak messaging. You know, oh, weak something? messaging for sure. I would say yeah. uh, bad images. So mm-hmm. one of the things we do definitely help my clients with is up leveling their brand. Because if you want want to go and pitch a $180,000 program, you need to look the part. And that means how you dress. If you're a woman, like makeup, hair, like the whole thing. And also, you know, your photos, your colors. A lot of people are stuck in a different decade. We have to bring them to be very relevant. We want to make sure that the colors that you even chose for your brand make sense and aren't just colors that you quote unquote like, but that are creating trust with your ideal people. The font, like all the nuances of, of branding and image. If you don't have that right, that can completely destroy your positioning. Mm-hmm. Another thing that really hurts people is when I see a lot of coaches and consultants do this. It's like they have a lull in sales. And so they feel like, oh my gosh, I have to change something. And so they start Mm -hmm. spinning off and trying to market to different groups of people and it confuses the heck out of your audience. And so you need to make sure that if your goal is, I want to be the expert in blank for this kind of person, that you never confuse them and that you are consistent and hold the line firm with who you are. Because if suddenly you start marketing to a different kind of client, you've lost the high caliber one. You might make some initial money, some quick cash, but it's nothing compared to what you lost for those people that are going to pay you six figures. Because I can tell you that the people that are going to pay you six figures are not the ones that are going to pay you 5000 or 10,000. They're Mm -hmm. two very different people. So you need to decide when you're growing your business, am I marketing to people who value money more than time? Meaning they don't have a lot of money, but they have a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do everything in my marketing to market to serve those people. I'm going to give them webinars and summits and challenges and all of those things because they have a whole lot of time. And then I'm going to sell something on the back end that is quote unquote lower ticket or affordable. 5,000 to me is still lower ticket, but I play in the high ticket space. So that's one type of client. 
if you're like, no, I want to go after people who value time more than money, the people that are really busy, successful business owners, C-suite executives, for example, then that means they're so busy. They don't have a lot of time. Time is their most precious commodity, but they make a lot of money. They can throw a lot of money at a problem to solve it. And if you can help them quickly, then they'll pay you a lot. And those people don't want to jump through hoops. They're not going to attend a webinar. They're not going to sit through it. They will not sign up for your challenge because they don't have time. So you, what a big mistake people make is when they're trying to serve both of those clients, right? So who are you going yeah. to serve? I focus in people who value time more than money. And to me, this is a better approach because it's more streamlined. It's less work for me. I haven't launched in years, but some people have built a thriving business on the other. And so that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that business model. There's nothing wrong with a webinar to a $5,000 product or whatever it may be, but just know, and you have a volume-based business and there's plenty of entrepreneurs who have a volume-based business that's very successful. But when you try to do both of those things, that's when you're going to confuse people because these are very very different kinds of people. So you have to pick a lane and stick with it in order to be the expert. And uh, and honest to God, like forget what the big gurus are doing. Yes, they can do everything, right? Brandon Burchard has a, he's seven figures for his private coaching and he also has challenges, right? The guy has an eight-figure company. Don't try to be like them. Pick a lane until you gain traction, gain authority. And then, hey, if you're on that, I want to be an eight-figure entrepreneur. Sure, one day you'll have all of that. But if you try to do it when you're a what I call smaller fish, because we are than those guys, then it's not going to work. Mm, I love that you just said this. I was on a call right before we jumped on here and she was just, the woman that I was speaking with was discussing, yeah, I saw someone at one point do a workshop. It was like a couple days. It was $47. And I was like, but is that really what you want to sell? Mm -hmm. Is that really what you want to attract? Because those are the leads that you'd be ascending into this other. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's not going to attract the right people. And so I love that you brought that in because I do feel like people turn to gurus saying, yes. okay, that's their model. That's what I should do. But it's a huge mistake because you don't yes. have their audience credibility or just right. Social proof in general. Their ad spend just, either. Well, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's the hard thing. 14. And so if you've done that, yeah, if you've done that, just know, hey, that's because that's who's advertising to you, right? And the internet marketers are going to say this, that you need all of this. And and so you just have to go through this journey of like, what do I really want? And I built my business uh, based on a quote that I heard um Steve Jobs years ago say, with focus and simplicity, you can move mountains. So whenever I'm adding any strategy to my business, I have to ask myself this question. Is it focused? Is it simplified? Because mm -hmm. I'm a marketer. I can literally, if I want to launch and make a quick 80K or whatever, I can do it. But is the outcome focused? Is it simplified? Is it in alignment with where I want to go? Does it weaken my positioning? Does it strengthen my positioning? Mm -hmm. So not always thinking about short-term cash injections and rather thinking about long term visibility uh, and the strategy relating related to that, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Because it always takes more time and is more uh, expensive than you think. So <laughs> in anything in business or weddings or anything, right? Everything, <laughs> kids, it's going to cost more. It's going to take more time. <laughs> RV life. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Exactly. So is it focused? Is it simplified? And I think for entrepreneurs, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you still struggle with this sometimes, but it's really easy. I feel, I, I don't think I will ever truly, truly grow out of that. It's very easy to see something that looks like the right path mm -hmm. and to get kind of like sucked into it if you're not careful, right? Yes. So that's why I love how it sounds like you are very intentional and really take the time to stop and pause. 
Is it focused? Is it simplified? Is it going to help my brand, my credibility? Like taking that time is so important versus, yeah. What's everybody else doing? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to jump on Clubhouse or ChatGPT and, you know, every the cryptocurrency. And yeah, there's a lot of noise out there. And again, you got to stay true to who you are and say, does it make sense? Like if I look at my market, for example, you know, um, I, my biggest platform that I focus on for the last few years, I used to do Facebook and other is uh, LinkedIn. And I, I started focusing on YouTube as well last year, but LinkedIn and a third of my clients have no other social media. Like that's it. They, they don't even have another account. And so you need to like really think, does this make sense? I mean, people are talking about vanity numbers with TikTok, but is TikTok where your people are? It might be. But for me, I'm talking about C-suite or former C-suite. They don't have TikTok. Their <laughs> kids do. Their teenagers do, but they don't have it. And so you also need to look at like all of these new strategies. Does it make sense for your audience and only do something if it makes sense? Yeah, 100%. Actually, one thing that happened to me, gosh, it's been just about a year ago now. Instagram was my primary place to grow my business and to grow my my brand and my following. I've been building it up for like eight years. And I woke up one day and it was just gone. Oh, gosh, gone. I'm sorry. I had That's no tough. idea what happened. It, and you know, I was, I was upset. I gave myself about an hour. I'm like, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to move forward. We're going to figure it out. And LinkedIn had been on my mind for a while. Mm-hmm. And I decided, I was like, all right, we got to pivot real quick. So we jumped into LinkedIn rather quickly. And I had my biggest day that I had had on Instagram. Yeah. Because it's a different caliber. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And so I agree. I agree. And also like choosing one and just making that your primary without getting distracted. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Truly. It's one of those things I look back and I'm very thankful that it happened. But I understand what you're saying about that being where different people come to play. Yeah. Well, I had a similar thing. I was on Facebook. Luckily, we had already started LinkedIn or just started to play in it. And Facebook was having all those rules and regulations and freezing my account, locking me out, all of those things. And uh, so I just went all in on LinkedIn. I was so grateful because I quit having to play the image game, you know, uh, that Facebook and Instagram is where, you know, every post is like a pretty picture with your compelling copy. And, you know, it started being more about uh, the message. And Mm. that's one thing I really appreciate with LinkedIn. Of course, I still have my images and all of that, but it's uh, more professional, hands down and less drama, less politics, less everything. And uh, yeah, it's not as exciting. (laughs) It's not as entertaining as some of the other platforms, but it is where uh, a lot of high net worth individuals are. It's where 61% of all users in the United States have a six-figure salary. 41% of all millionaires are active on the platform. Like, if you want to go where people have money and target them, LinkedIn is a place to be. For sure. For sure. Okay. So we've spoken about positioning and yes. you know having high quality branding. Um, oh, and I have one thing to that too. It's been very interesting for me, especially with, with podcast guests, right? Like I'll have um, a fortune... 100 CEO come on right and I'm like so excited this person is like so amazing I can't wait to interview them and they show up they've got their Apple AirPods in like no lighting like the camera's like this I I don't know it's that's been really interesting so I'm very thankful and that's something I think more people need to be more in tune with so okay so we've got good branding we've got good positioning good messaging we're on LinkedIn like what are the other ways to then shift from let's say we mentioned the time and money exchange yeah shift from those who are you know focused on the money 
to those who are focused on getting more time back? What is What else is in that shift? Well, definitely you need to go after the right people. So audience mm-hmm. building is a key component. Let me say this for everyone who's already active on LinkedIn, like don't build for vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Like if you're adding a bunch of people to your network that are not going to buy from you, what is the point? Unless you're trying to build an influencer brand to get sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, even then they're going to want to look at the quality of whether you're in first tier, second tier, third tier countries of your audience. But um you know, you need to build an audience of decision makers. So if you're targeting CEOs, make sure your entire network is mostly comprised of CEOs. Audience building is going to be key. You don't have to have, you know, a hundred thousand followers to have a seven-figure business. You can have a relatively small audience compared to some other platforms uh, and have a very successful business if it's the right people. So you need to have the audience, you need to have the right message going out there. You need to be educating people on your methodology, on what you do, on your solution. You need to be showcasing yourself as the teacher so they can see you teaching in action. You need to be sharing testimonials, social proof. There's power in the proof and building that credibility. Wow. Okay. And I'm curious, like on your journey, was there ever a point where like, if you were to look back at your old LinkedIn or look back at your old social pro where you weren't doing this, like before, before you were aware of how important they were. Like, I'm curious Mm -hmm. when your results shifted, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I had a similar story. Like as soon as I was started playing on the platform, I got results for LinkedIn. I mean, I feel like it's an evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Your profile, your content is an evolution. My first videos were terrible. I mean, but you did it. You showed up. I did it. But I look back and I'm like, oh, there was a drawer open in the background and, uh, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Right. Like there, there were things. So I felt like it's an evolution and you get better. You up level your brand uh, as you get. And you also up level the caliber of clients you're going after, like bigger and, and better, the bigger results you get, you know, for your clients. And so it's just an evolution and being willing to continue to put yourself out there. Okay. And then that. That brought up another question for me, like, like with your clients. Now, mm-hmm. I, it seems like you do a lot of things with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like in your approach, when you teach them, do you teach them to go wide mm-hmm. with like, you solve kind of a decent amount of things or you teach them to like, you solve ve- one very specific problem to one very specific person and like, that's it. I'm curious your take on that. Well, typically it's a great question. Most people come to me, they've sold a lot of different things and they do a lot of different things. So what we want to do is have the biggest, most urgent problem that you can solve. And those are big problems because if you're selling a six-figure program, that's not a 90-day engagement. That's typically a year-long engagement. I mean, some of them are shorter and some of them are a bit longer, but you're going to solve a lot within that. But we need to have focused. You know, for my clients, I help them sell and scale ultra high end. So how do I, you know, sell something for high five and multiple six figures and then how do I scale it? So it's a pretty big problem that we solve, which means it's a comprehensive approach with that big price tag attached to it, right? Because there's a big result attached to it. It's a problem. It's one problem, but they're going to cover a lot of things. So I have strategists and and strategists that I've served not aren't necessarily marketing people uh, like me. Marketing is one aspect of what I do, but I have strategists who will go in there and fix their team and fix their operations, their systems, their processes. Their fi- I've had strategists fix their finances, sometimes all of them in one program. I have leadership development people who work on retention and recruitment and you know engagement and productivity 
creativity and, you know, all kinds of things. So they actually, even though they're focused on one main outcome, there's a lot of components that they touch in order to get that main outcome, right? Like I have clients who scale companies, but focus on the people and system side. They don't touch marketing, right? So they're doing a lot, but they're still going into one main goal that they're really working with the yeah, business yeah. or CEO on. That makes a lot of sense. And that's where I feel like, especially for coaches and consultants, they know they do A to Z things and, every, yes. and everything in between. But that is where marketing and messaging is so important. It's like people don't want A to Z. They yes. want their one problem solved. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yes. then if you're looking at the Ascension model and you had mentioned the myth of the Ascension model yes. before, um, I feel like in this space, it's a it's a misconception that when you're first getting started, you have to charge just a little tiny bit. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious your take on that. Like, do you ever have anybody come to you that doesn't have experience, especially maybe online with with their own clients? Like, mm -hmm. do you start them right away at ultra high ticket? How does that work? Uh, yes and no. So no, if they're a barista at Starbucks, then they're like, <laughs> I want it. And nothing wrong with, I love Starbucks. <laughs> My yes. plug here, go get your latte. No, nothing wrong with them. But if they don't have credibility and experience in what they do, then no. But if I take mm -hmm. if I take on someone like my client Joe, he was a director in the oil and gas industry, right? Big, you know, global billions and billions of dollars industries, super smart guy brand new coach. He had tried to make it on his own for a year, wasn't getting any traction. I'll take some people on like that occasionally if, if they have the background, right? Because I know I can work with them. Yeah. And and I got him clear and we did all the things around his methodology and his clarity and his messaging. And we shifted him to selling one-to-one -one coaching. I think it was six months or something for 36,000. And we got him landing team coaching for six figures. And so- and we did that all in our engagement. So he literally landed clients for six figures. And the beautiful thing about when you, the, it's a positive and a negative. When you go with really big companies, there's a longer sales cycle. So that's the negative. Mm -hmm. The positive is when you're a preferred provider and you've gone through all the red tape that it means to become a provider, you actually can sell to them over and over again. So he's been able to close six-figure contracts and another and another and another all within one client. So that's like a client that will generate him seven figures. I will take some of those folks that are quote unquote newer if they have a background, you know, I have had former, a lot of former uh, hospital people, chief compliance officer, chief nursing officer, you know, those kinds of people that will come and have a, be building a brand new consulting business or coaching business. Again, if they have experience, you know, we're not trying to do something outside of their wheelhouse. They literally did this in their corporate job, then I can help them. Absolutely. I just can't mm -hmm. take someone who has never been in this space. I, don't, I won't work with them to build. There's plenty of programs for those people. And when they get some credibility, then they would come to me, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, for sure. So then that kind of brought up two questions mm -hmm. for me specifically about this, but I'm curious then like when it comes to high ticket offers, okay, so they, they've yes. got some credibility, they've got some history going, they just need systems. They need systems to follow that are going to lead to their success. So Correct. what do you feel like is one of the overlooked aspects of creating these offers once mm -hmm. they have their experience because they've got to package it. And yeah. Sell it, so. Most people haven't codified their method. Like they might be shooting at the hip or they've 
So one of two things happen. Either people hire me and they don't have a methodology and we build it from scratch or they have one and they really realize like, wow, this is weak and scrap it when they get in the program. Or occasionally, it's pretty rare, I'll have someone who has a really good methodology in terms of the process works, they're happy with it, but we transform the way they communicate and position it. Mm -hmm. So that piece, I know I keep harping on it, but it is so important. Like, it is the foundation of everything in the program that I teach. Your methodology is how you serve your clients. It is the foundation of your messaging. It is the foundation of your sales conversation. It's the foundation of your client delivery. Like it's everything. Mm. So we really work on that. And then the other thing that it's important that I, a lot of people miss is, again, what is pricing strategy and how do I build super high value packages that you can, you know, double, triple, quadruple in price? You know, how do you put together a $180,000 offer and sell it? And so, you know, it, there's a art and a science to that. And so understanding what does that look like and having the confidence to communicate your value on a sales conversation is key in order to close the deal. Yeah, that's so important. So important. So I'm curious, like, where do you see the coaching industry going? Because right now it's booming. There's so many people yeah. entering. What's next for it? Well, sometimes people worry. They're like, oh my gosh, there's so many coaches and consultants. Yeah, don't worry about that. First of all, if you're in the coaching and consulting world, you're going to assume that because that's what you're around. So that's what you're <laughs> that's looking so for. True. It's kind of like when you're going to buy a car, right? And you're like, you start seeing it everywhere. It's just what your mind's going to show you. Uh, there are literally millions of businesses in the United States, way, way more than there are coaches or consultants. So, and there's no shortage of businesses, small, medium to large. Small businesses are the most biggest, fastest growing market and most underserved market. So small businesses is a good one. My point is there's not even enough coaches for every single business. So you're fine. There's plenty of space. You want there to be competition that in any business because that shows you that there is an opportunity, <laughs> that there's a market. Sure. You don't want to be doing something where there's no opportunity. The biggest and uh, the people that will go the furthest, the people that commit, you know, mm -hmm. into their own greatness and to showing up. You know, I always tell my clients the hardest part of doing anything, an exercise routine, you know, anything is just showing up. Mm -hmm. And so show up, put yourself out there, build your expert authority, close your clients. Yes. And learn how what it takes to do that. And then don't forget to deliver and be awesome at what you do. So many people make the mistake of focusing heavily on client acquisition and they forget about doing a great job on delivery. And if you want your brand reputation to grow and to stand the test of time, then you need to deliver a stellar experience, especially the higher the price tag goes. So focus on delivery, get your clients results. The more people you help, the more will want your help. Beautifully said. So I'm curious, like, has there been a book or a podcast or anything you can leave us with today that really you feel like helped you on this journey or catapulted your growth in some way, shape or form? Hmm. Let me think about that. I don't feel like it was one particular book. I've read lots of great books. I've listened to lots of great podcasts along the road, along the way. So I don't think it's like a resource like that. The biggest growth that I've had, growths, has been by having the right people in my circle of influence. That's continually investing in coaches, 
really. I always have people. You mentioned before that I'm so clear and and all of that. Well, mm-hmm. it's because I have a sounding board too. You yes, know? yes. And I say, I'm telling you that is far greater than any book or podcast I've ever listened to because I feel like there's great information on podcasts. There's great inspiration, right? But the transformation is never in the information or even in the inspiration. It's what you do with it. And we all need people that hold us accountable and people that check you like, whoa, 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 this isn't in alignment with what you say you want. Or, you know, here's a choice you have to make. Are you going to take the high road? You're going to take the low road. You know, what's this going to cost you? And so really the most powerful growth that I've received over the years has been through the decades of hiring coaches and healers and people that have completely changed my life. And I will continue to invest in in that uh, forever for the rest of my life. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I feel like it's really hard to see the picture when you're in it. And so, yes, having that sounding board, having someone call you out when you need it or even when, you, when you don't think you need it. It's yep. so important. Yes. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. So then do you have any final words, anything that's just coming up for you right now that you'd like to share? Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a feeling that you're meant for something more and you have this nagging feeling that it's time for you to grow, that you're stuck, then take action on that. Don't wait. A lot of people, I don't know what time, when this is going to release this show, but you know, there's all this talk like, oh, I'm a, a fears of the recession and all of that. Don't buy into the fear. Like, don't buy into it. People are investing. Businesses are investing. I had two clients do six figures in 60 days of 2023, uh, both two separate markets. Markets, one direct to individuals and one to businesses. I've said several other clients who did six figures as well, but those two women come to mind. And so, you know, yes, you can pull back, you can go into fear, but there are businesses that are scaling and growing during this time. And so what it's important for you to know is, are you going after the right people who still have the spending money and are going to weather the economic waves? Are you going after businesses, if you market to businesses that are going to do well, no matter what? Think about all the business that boomed uh, during COVID. Think about whole industries that emerged. Hello, food delivery. Food delivery, literally like cases, like from DoorDash, for example. I mean, guys, there's there's going to be, you cannot control the economy. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. That's the nature. <laughs> That's the nature. So if you go into fear and you pull back, like you're most likely going to go backwards in terms of revenue. If you're strategic and think about, okay, how can I position myself and go after people that are going to do well no matter what, businesses that are going to do no- well no matter what, then you can actually scale during this time. And so that would be uh, my recommendation is don't buy into the fear, buy into possibility and grow. Yes. Love that. Love that. And where can we find you on social media? And if you could drop your website as well. Yeah. So definitely jessicayarbor.com. I literally put out content every single day on LinkedIn. So feel free to follow me there. Please send me a connection request. Let me know you heard me on the show so that I will accept. I, I do keep that intimate, that audience. You can also check out my YouTube weekly videos are released there. Yeah. Get on my list. Download that ladder of influence, about 33 page guide. That's jessicayarbor.com forward slash influence. That'll help you assess where you're at on your journey and give you practical guidance to at least ascend to the next level to grow towards seven figures. Mm, Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I've loved this conversation. I feel like I could just talk about this stuff all day long. So I appreciate you for having it with me today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. (laughs) 